Shake up your back-to-school routine at Whole Foods Market with fresh produce, snacks, supplements, and local favorites to jazz up any lunchbox or pantry. And with a big selection of ready-to-heat meals like vegetable lo mein and chicken tikka masala, it's easy to keep the family fueled up for the week. Always made with the high standards you trust from Whole Foods Market, like banning 230-plus ingredients from all food. All the more reason to make the flavors of Whole Foods Market part of your routine. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. I'm Chris Van Oker, and I'm hosting a new podcast called The Van Oker Group. Once a month, I gather a panel of funny, brilliant, and partially unstable guests to discuss local and national politics. Subscribe to the Van Oker Group podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Music app, or Spreaker.com. Well, here we are, another uh, Let's Go Eat show, and uh, this is uh, the one where I talk to uh, a guy who gave me my start in the radio business, and so I'm going to give out his phone number so that you can call him at day or night. He's sitting right here listening to this intro. You can call him day or night and curse him for the day he got me into the radio business. Curse him and curse his family for the day he got me into radio. I, I know that you, you want to do that. His name is Tom Greenlee. I hope you find it interesting. It was interesting for me because we, we talked about a lot of old memories. But, but aside from that, uh, we talked about just life in general. And uh, I gave Tom a chance to tell tell all of you some of his uh, his life lessons and aphorisms that he's learned along the way. I learned a lot. Well, good, Dylan. Yeah. I'm glad you did. Now, this podcast, I should tell you, oh, uh, if there isn't any cursing in this one, I'm going to be very disappointed. No, there's a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I know I'm not going to be disappointed because I cursed in it, and I'm pretty sure Tom did as well. Yeah. So that will serve as a parental warning. Okay. For adult language. Yeah, adult language. That's right. Tom said it for adult language. He's listening to this intro right now. Uh, also, I should thank our fine, fine sponsors. The Let's Go Eat Show uh, also is uh, it is created and produced on a PC laptop's computer. Thank you so much, uh, Dan, the laptop man. New computers at PC laptops are starting at just seven ninety nine. Remember, just like Dan always says at PC laptops, we love you. Sugarhouse Distillery is a sponsor of our podcast network, Podspace. So we're uh, getting a, I'm going to get a bus. I'm going to rent a bus and we're going to load in mm-hmm. the Van Oker group. We're going to load in the old coots. Do I have to ride with them? We're going to, no, you can take your own car if you want. I haven't been around the old coots very much. They don't smell funny, do they? No, they have a little bit of the old coot smell. Oh, God, I don't like that. We're going to load in the video game like guys, the three bit gamers. They have mm-hmm. a smell too. Oh, man. We'll roll the windows down on the bus. Gamers, old, gamer smell and old coot smell mixed together. Yep. Yee. I but don't we're know gonna, if I can take it. I'm going to drive the bus, and we're all going to go do a tour of the Sugar House Distillery. Okay. We're going to tour. And then at the end, tasting. Sugarhousedistillery.net is their website. You can see what they do there. They make uh, Sugar House vodka, silver rum, gold rum, mm-hmm. malt whiskey, bourbon whiskey. And remember, do what I do and always drink responsibly. And now, 
Tom Greenlee on the Let's Go Eat Show. Nine years. It is 39. Yeah, I, okay. I can. Okay. I, I came to you in November of 1979. November of 79. So I call it 1980. Wow. Yeah. So that means I met my wife like... I think before you or right around there. We've been having trouble constructing that. But it, it was somewhere around there. You I thought I knew you first. No, you, did, you didn't. I don't think you knew Doris when you met me. Really? I don't think so. But November 79. Because I think you, I mean, you were, you were trying to sell ads to the Canton Low. Yeah. Or you may have sold them ads already, but you They came dealt, with KVOG. Yeah, you dealt with her father. Oh, yeah, I knew him really, yeah. really well. What we were his, friends. What was his name? Wing. Wing, yeah. 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 Wing Lee. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wing Yi. Yi, that's uh, right. Yeah. No, that's that's how we met. Is uh, I, I now know in retrospect he set us up. Oh, really? maybe we, Maybe we should say that under, in the thing. Yeah, we can. Yeah, just make, make sure you work this really close. Really close. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's good, yeah. Will you turn these up just a little bit because of the deafness? How's, how's that? Can you hear uh, me? Okay. I didn't. I didn't. That was uh, I didn't notice a change at all. Oh. Uh, uh, eight. Yeah. My bad. Wrong knob. What? I oh, did the wrong knob. Yeah, that's good. Eight. Eight brothers and sisters because my mother was hard of hearing. Do you know that, Joe? No, eight brothers but... and sisters because my mother was hard of hearing. <laughs> Every night when they'd go to bed, my father would say, "So, do you want to go to sleep or what?" She'd say, "What?" And so that's what they did. Eight brothers and sisters. Have you ever have you ever done the old Jews telling jokes at uh, at over at uh, the you know uh, what's uh, what's uh, the Jewish deli? Um, uh, you know what's his name over there in Holiday? Uh, why can't I think of the name of the deli? All of a sudden, we do ads for them. You know, Mike, Mike, the Jew- Jewish deli here in town. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know the deli, but I didn't know. I didn't. I they don't do know a, it They do an old Jews telling old jokes. Old Jews telling jokes night. Yeah, once a month, I think. I should probably do that. Well, they do them all over the country, so I need to be more specific. Well, I really think. Search. I really think in this day of this Feldman's. You know, Feldman's. Yeah, Feldman's deli. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been there. The, the uh, in this day and age of these very serious interpersonal comedy acts where. You're not quite sure if you're supposed to laugh or cry and mm-hmm. all that. You mm-hmm. know how people do? They pour mm-hmm. their soul out. I really think a shtick guy like that in between would do very, very well. well yeah, sure. Uh, Henny Youngman, you know. Some, that's right. Take my wife, yeah. please. Yeah, yeah. sure. Talk, do you know what's on Rodney's gravestone? Rodney Dangerfields? Yeah. No, what? We went, we went and visited. There goes the neighborhood. It, it really is on there? Sure. There it goes. You know, you wonder if some of those things are real or apocryphal, like uh, W.C. Fields. Does it really say, on the whole, I'd rather be, be in Philadelphia? <laughs> does it really say that? I don't know. That? I think it does. Okay. Uh, I think it says, all things considered, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. All things considered. I'd rather be in Philadelphia. Uh, or, and Oscar Wilde allegedly said when, on his deathbed, either this wallpaper goes or I do. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's you know, Oscar Wilde, the king of, you know, yeah. uh, the king of those. Either this wallpaper goes or I oh, do. Oh, yeah, the driest guy yeah. in the world. Yeah. Uh, so uh, w- this has all been all part of the podcast, so I should okay. introduce you. We always just kind of start. Right. Uh, this is uh, uh, Tom Greenlee. Uh, and Tom Greenlee is the, the guy who is responsible for my now 39 years in radio. Um. Start. He was the first guy to hire me in radio. 
he I went so I was working in a bar in Ogden and I'd, I'd met Tom a couple of times because he'd come around to try and sell ads to my employer at mm-hmm. the time at, at the Boulevard Disco and the Sweetwater Station mm-hmm. and I don't know if they ever yeah there was Boulevard some, Disco absolutely yeah bought ads and there were they absolutely ran ads. Uh, that was Bob Maycheck, as mm-hmm. who, who Dylan knew very sure, well, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, who has since passed, not just very recently, as a matter of oh, fact. Last year, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, so, yeah, it, it, Tom went like, oh, like, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, not, not that bad. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know him very well, but he was a very nice man. No, he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, he was to you. He was to he us. Was, and he was to me. Most of the time. Right. You just didn't want to be his, one of his many wives or children. Yeah. I think. Yeah. If you were yeah. one of his children or one of his many, many wives. Many wives. Were they no. at the same time or sequentially? Yeah. No. no. He married uh, one, one of them at least twice. But well, Yeah. I think a couple of them he married twice and several of them were named Nancy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. But at any rate. Uh, so, uh, so I'd That's met- really good because if you wake up in the middle of the night, Nancy, mm-hmm. I need a cup of coffee. You know, yeah. you... you so I'd met Two Tom. Two out of three chances this, you'd be right. Right. You know. so, so I met Tom in Ogden, and, uh, at, and then I was working at w- the bar, the Sweetwater Station, uh, and I re- bought, the bar business was not fun to be in, and I didn't care for it. And, uh, and somebody came into the bar, and I think his last name was Parsons, Mike Parsons maybe, somebody Parsons, and said, I've just quit working at the radio station. I'm that, gonna, that was, yes. Was it Mike Parsons? He was, he was a board operator guy, yeah. And he said, I'm going to go work at a radio station up in Idaho, I think. And uh, you, you got to go apply for that. And I said, oh, okay, I've, I've met Tom before. I'll do that. I'd like to get out of here. And I went and talked to Tom, I think, the next day or next day or two. And Tom said, oh, yeah, okay, sure. You're hired. You can work overnights. And I thought, great. I'm going to be on the radio. No. Whose voice was it on the radio? Well... So, so I thought I thought I'm going to be on the radio. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask questions. I thought I'm going to be on the radio. I'm going to be. I'm going to learn how to be a DJ on the radio. Mm-hmm. No, I found out when I went in then to train. I gave my employer a week's notice or something like that. Uh, Tom said, "Okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to put these tapes in this machine. It's somebody else's voice on the radio." Oh, oh, really? Yeah. So I'm just. I'm and just whose a schmo. voice was it on the radio? I I think it it was I, me. I, it was you. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I was it was the, you. I was the all night guy by recording. I managed the station all day long. Yeah, and then at night, I would record these little voice announcements mm-hmm. to introduce records. DJ the, yeah. the the thing, mm-hmm. and it was the responsibility of the overnight guy to make sure the right tape played at the right time mm-hmm. so I didn't sound like an idiot. Yeah. And then I'd make mistakes on recording them so I would sound like an idiot and the poor guy uh, running the, the board would have to figure out, okay, now we're out of sequence. How do I get it back into sequence? Well, and then, so, and you know, it's the same way today. People who work in, get their first job in radio, you don't train them well. Nobody has ever trained well for their first time on uh, doing anything in radio. That's true. You you tell you say just here's how it works. Da 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 da, and you kind of go oh, oh, okay, and you throw them in there, and it's always a disaster. Mm-hmm. And so the very first night I was there, there were th- like twelve songs and five voice tracks playing on the air at the same time <laughs> at uh, an hour after I was there, and I had no idea what to do. And so I called Tom in a panic and. 
and he's trying to talk me through it, and it was just a disaster. I was just, I was sweating, and I was embarrassed, and I was, you know, and I'm a grown-ass man, you know, going, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, ah, I'm panicked and everything, and Tom's trying to talk me through it. Don't worry, just this and that. I had to be calm. It was 2 in the morning. I was asleep. Yeah, and so... And so I fi- we finally got it back on track, and, and I think the next day or two I got it down pretty well and learned it, and, and everything was fine. But the morning guy came in that morning at 6, well, probably he came in at 6.20, because uh-huh. he was always late. Yep. His name was Rob Rule, and, and, he, uh, and he, it, was a, it had been a disaster, and I think he knew that. He had heard a little of it, or I told him about it, and he looked at me and he said, I guess some people just aren't cut out to be in radio. <laughs> Words to live by, Mouseketeers. That that is so encouraging and so warm and so sensitive. Yeah. That's that's the way I I try to remember him. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, you got to encourage the young people. Yeah. You know, bring them along. Yeah. I just said to myself, fuck, God, fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Who are you? Mm-hmm. You know. And, uh, and that, that must was, have worked out really well when you became his partner in the morning. It was okay. Mm-hmm. It was okay because not long afterward, he was he was nice to me, and he asked me to be his partner. You know, he yes. said, "Well, you were reading the news, weren't you?" I start. Well, he asked me to do that. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, "You you pretty quickly then said, you know, you got a pretty good voice because you like, I was recording weather and stuff like that, and you mm-hmm. said you got a good voice. Why don't you record a little news?" And so I would record news and leave it for him. That's what I remember. Yes, yeah. he had he had recorded news because he didn't want to read it. Yeah, and he so I'd record news and leave it for him, and then go home. And then he said, "You know, I like you reading the news. You do that well. Why not? Would you like to be my partner? You can read the news, and then we can do sketches and stuff together." And I said, y- "Yes, I would certainly like to do that, and not stay here all night and do tapes." And so, and thus it began. So that's how I started out in radio. Um, but I want to talk about how you started, Tom Greenlee. Mm. Where, what brought you to Ogden, Utah? Because that's not, you're certainly not from Ogden, Utah. You grew up no. in L.A.? Grew up in L.A., and I was always a radioholic, you know. Uh, I'm going to eat some of my sandwich from yes. Caputo's. And well. it is from Caputo's, by the way. Do, Caputo's Deli. Yeah, uh, in downtown Salt Lake City on uh, Third West and uh, Third South. Third South, yeah. Okay, and that that pays at least for the lettuce that's in there. Yeah, I'm having. I'm yeah. having. I can't eat this tuna sandwich without a fork. Do you want me to get you a fork? Do you have yeah, a fo- do you yeah have I'll a fork? go track the fork. That, there's too much tuna in it. That right. is a, a big ass yeah. tuna sandwich. Yeah, and it's only half. Yeah. yeah. So you so you grew up in L.A. And, yeah. And. I, I ran the, the high school radio station, you know, and then I became program director of the UCLA station, and which was a top 40 station, by the way, which was sort of outrageous for a state university no. and uh, pissed off a lot of people. Um, but, yeah, it, we, we cut our teeth on top 40 stuff and um, eventually worked my way up to be a co-program director of a very large station in L.A., and it Which was one? called KRLA. Oh, yeah. And it was being run at that time by a nonprofit corporation because it had lost its license for lying and cheating and I don't know what all mm-hmm. they did. But they lost. It's not easy to lose an FCC license. you got to be a pretty big sinner. Yeah. And they were. So this nonprofit corporation had taken over. 
any profit that was made went to like USC film school or something like that. Mm -hmm. It went to, to USC, I know, for something. Mm -hmm. And there was one secret. There were 25 people or companies competing to get that license. But the FCC never gave it to any of them for the longest time, for decades. It's really valuable. Yeah, and they let this valuable radio license just sit there, run by this nonprofit corporation, while the bureaucrats decided what to do with the station. Mm -hmm. So the station had gone way down in the ratings, obviously, because there was no money to do anything. And they brought us in, and a guy, this middle-aged guy, I thought he was the oldest man in the world at the time, he was probably 50, mm -hmm. who was called the king of the oldies but goodies, Art LeBeau, a oh, guy yeah. who took dedications at night. He's 93, and he's still doing it. He's, he's still he's doing on it? in L.A., yes, mm -hmm. wow. uh, every Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And, oh, he kind of talked like this, you know, <laughs> the king mm -hmm. of the oldies but goodies. And Art LeBeau needed help doing the practical stuff mm -hmm. because all he knew how to do was DJ, but he had a contract to program this station and try to get it out of the toilet. We came up with a little simple idea, which was instead of just oldies, mix in some softer pop music, the Captain Tennille, things like that, yeah. Frankie Valley, mm -hmm. some newer things. Mm -hmm. And you might get some of the ladies to listen to, mm -hmm. not just the hardcore oldies fans. And so the station ratings shot up unbelievably high. I had a good signal for L in L.A. Uh, Pretty not, good? No? Not so good not at great? night. No, no, really not. Had to power down? Yeah, it was one of those power down AM stations, mm -hmm. yeah. And the station's ratings went crazy, and people started writing about it, like in trade magazines and the L.A. Times and all this, mm -hmm. that was the worst thing that could possibly happen mm -hmm. because this nonprofit corporation did not want everyone there to lose their jobs as executives in the nonprofit corporation and for somebody to get that license. They didn't want the FCC to mediate this dispute between 25 competing applicants. Well... We gave an interview. Actually, my, my partner in this gave an interview. Who was your partner to, at the time? Uh, Billy Pearl. Okay. Bill Pearl had been a, a big DJ on big top 40 stations around there, and he was my lifelong friend, my roommate, actually. And he gave an interview to a big radio trade... The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale, get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $700 on Sealy. Talk to a sleep expert and unjunk your sleep today. Mattress Firm. Magazine. And he didn't even talk up Art LeBeau, who was the big boss, mm. and say good things about Art. Now, you would think a DJ like that, the king of the oldies but goodies, mm -hmm. might kind of have some things about wanting to be like really famous and yeah. really thought of really highly, you know, like certain people in Washington do. Yeah. It's sort of like that. Would If you were Kellyanne Conway, would you give an interview that didn't mention your boss's no. name? I don't recommend that. Yeah. So that's what happened. That article ran, we were out. Art said, 
he was not happy. Yeah, Art's boss, yes. Yeah. So yeah. From the guy from the, the nonprofit corporation said, we've decided to go another direction. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically, with the expertise that I had and with my long-term goal to be in station management, we looked for where was there a radio station for sale we could afford. I put together a coalition of some folks, a number of different partners, and there was one in Ogden, Utah. <laughs> and uh, It was for sale. Uh, they were, you saw, there, I know there are listings of radio stations for sale. It was for over. sale. And uh, I walked around the town, and unlike most of the stations that we'd seen for sale in like Pueblo, Colorado, and some other places, it looked like the people in the town had some dough, mm-hmm. and so you could make some money with it. I didn't understand some things about broadcasting at that time. Like, if you're in a town that's covered by stations from a bigger town, you're going to lose money. Mm-hmm. So we made it go the very best we could, and with your help and uh, the late, great Rob Rule and Carrie Jackson, who came along later, um, and a lot of other people, we made that thing number one in the town. It's pretty remarkable that... Uh an AM station, KJQ, mm-hmm. in Ogden. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty. Cool you got to tell them that trick. Well, yeah, we will. Okay, we'll talk about it. Carrie and I still talk about it to this I know day. You did. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's pretty remarkable that an AM station in Ogden, Utah, could really be that popular in in that town when it's competing essentially against stations in Salt Lake. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it is. It's competing against. It, it shouldn't work. Our competitor was a station in Salt Lake owned by Columbia Pictures Corporation, if that gives you an idea. Yeah. Other competitors owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, so, you know, you mean the Mormons? Yeah, we're no. not allowed to say that anymore, yeah, but yeah. Right. Yeah, I, so, but it, but there uh, there were orange Q stickers for KJQ, and they were on every car in town. I mean, practically, they were all over the place. Everybody knew who we were, and people listened, and they paid attention to what we did, and we were a real force in that town because we were as local as hell. We yep. were as we were local always. as you could possibly be. We were on every street corner doing remote broadcasts, even if an advertiser didn't pay for them. You know how stations so much go, uh, you know... G-I-H is everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then they're not anywhere. They're at a car dealer, you yeah. know. Well, we'd be the car dealers too, but we'd mm-hmm. also just do stuff. Yeah, and and uh, and that, you know, that is, and I think you'll agree with me, Tom, radio is in bad shape today, but that's ultimately what's going to save radio, and they'll figure that out. The assholes that we work for, they'll, somebody will figure that out. We will, we'll, we will start doing that thing again, and radio will rebound. We'll just start going to places and doing shit again for no money sometimes, and we'll come back. Um, and I, I believe that's true, but it may not be with a broadcast license. Um, uh-huh. Something very big happened this year to the radio industry, not for the radio industry, and I guess we should talk about it honestly. I wasn't going to bring this up. What's that? The Wi-Fi is now in the dashboard. Right, yeah. And as soon as the packages come out, and it will be this year, where you will, for some extra money, be connected to a cellular network in your car, why do you need to listen to a country and western station from Salt Lake when you can get a music stream from Nashville with the push of a button? Yeah. Anywhere you've got cell service, you've got it. 
uh, imagine Spotify surrounding you 25 hours a day. For $4, no commercials. Mm -hmm. Um, This is going to be huge. The only way radio will survive, and as I say, it may not be over the air. It may be a guy in his house, is by being hyper-local. Because otherwise, what can you bring that they can't? Yeah. You've got to have a... Again, you've got to have people. You've got to have a it's person. It's the only thing. A, a person. That's why, that's why uh, YouTube stars become so popular because they are personal. You know. Think about, think about all of the YouTube stars. Mm-hmm. There's one thing they have in common. Not one of them looks like a star. Yeah, mostly. Not one of them. Mm-hmm. You've never seen one who looks like a game show host. Mm-hmm. Mostly, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's because it is totally ground up. And think of all the billions that have been spent by advertisers trying to make viral videos. Mm -hmm. Do you know that YouTube has built huge studios in SoCal where they will subsidize successful YouTubers or people they think have potential? Mm -hmm. Those never grow. As far as I know, there has never been a huge hit done in those studios even youtube doesn't know how to do it mm-hmm. they they take them and they try to make them big stars and they just kind of they may stay where they are yeah but they don't grow right the fact that. that it's in a better studio doesn't mean shit no, no it doesn't let's get back to uh, tom greenlee growing up in uh loving radio from I guess it just always attracted you oh yeah get little kid it was gonna be radio or tv yeah i was one of those idiots yeah. Yeah, and you were you one of those idiots too? Kind of, although I didn't. You were going to be a show business guy, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was going to be an actor. That's yeah. what I wanted to do. I got my degrees in that, and I and I always listened to, I listened to radio uh, growing up, but I listened to talk. That's what I liked. I always kind of liked talk radio. Yeah, I did too. Uh, when I was a real little I kid, I still there were still radio dramas on. Whoa! I didn't know he was that old. I, I'm really sorry. I had the wrong idea. When I was a real little kid, uh, my mom used to listen to. There were still some radio dramas. I think probably on CBS radio. Yeah, there were. Uh, and uh, there were still things. I remember she used to like to listen to Johnny Dollar. I remember. Mm-hmm. It was one of the last ones, and I. That's all. Gunsmoke. I think Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke yeah, was, was still on radio on. and TV, and they were on in the day. Because I remember her listening on to them Sundays, in the daytime. I, I don't. I, don't I just remember her listening to these Yours things in the truly, daytime. Johnny Dollar. Yeah, and I and I don't remember much else about that. But then I remember somehow when I was a kid, uh, pretty young, discovering at night uh, Herb Jepko and the do 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 do. We're the we're night the nightcaps. Nighty, Nighty nightcaps. nightcaps. You know, and he broadcast all over the country, all over the world somehow. Broadcasting over the air yeah, from yes. from Salt Lake City, he bought yeah. the time on the KSL Clear Channel, and he broadcast all over the world. And he just talked to people about nothing about their arthritis <laughs> and their cats. You know, <laughs> it was just weird, but I, and it just fascinated me. Did though. you ever hear Albert Brooks take off on that? No, on I don't. I don't think I have. He just <laughs> he pushes the button. Well, let's let's see what's on this line, and then there's just some guy going. <laughs> well, this is interesting. <laughs> I mean, it really was like that. And he'd push another button, and you'd hear a guy go, "Do do 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 do." I pay. 
I'll play 42 other instruments. <laughs> well, it's kind of like that. Just it, weird it people from all over the it place. <laughs> and he'd have regulars. Yeah. Where he'd say, and so what's new in your life? And they'd say nothing. <laughs> nothing. Well. <laughs> How did that guy get to be a regular? <laughs> How are you, dear? It's so nice to hear from you again. <laughs> how, how how is your cat? You know, he'd remember things about people, and you know, it it does bring up something. Oh, oh, may I mention on behalf of our sponsor that I'm about to bite into this? Yeah, you should sandwich. Yeah. It's it's from Tony Caputo's. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You ever met Tony and talked to him? You must have. He's a mm-hmm. great guy. He makes a hell of a sandwich too. And I can tell you right now, he makes a hell of a sandwich on this one. Thank you. Um, yes. What were you asking? I don't know. You said, I can tell you right now, and then you'd stop to take a bite of a sandwich. Oh, and I forgot what the question was. Yeah. So anyway, you grow and you grew up with, um, what I thought was always interesting is that I at, at one point you let it drop that your, your dad, your father was a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Did that screw you up at all? Or mm-hmm. was that good? I'd say good and bad. Yeah. Um, I I just I met him once. We went to L.A. and stayed in your house. Oh, that's right. To do our remote from L.A. Yeah. We used to do things. He was a he was. Uh, uh, he was very nice. He was I'm, very nice. He had an angry streak to him. Mm-hmm. He was one of those people who could flare up real bad. Um, but you did always feel that you were being psychoanalyzed while you were talking to him. <laughs> and he looked like uh, he looked like a psychiatrist. Didn't he? Had, he? he had the, as I recall, he had the goatee, the graying goatee. You're supposed to have that. That's and, right. And he was Johnny Carson's psychiatrist. Do I remember that right? You do. He was Johnny Carson's shrink, and some other people too. Famous people. Some very famous people, and uh, he would not tell stories about them. Um, until like after they had passed or many years after they were his patient or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then he'd feel like he could tell certain yeah, things there was about a, there seemed to be, mm-hmm. He was really good at being professional, and that hurt us after the fact because we didn't get all the stories for our family legacy. Yeah. We don't have as much family lore as I would have mm-hmm. loved mm-hmm. to have. Yeah. But yeah, and um, he was a was he oh, he was an old school psychiatrist, like a, a Freudian kind of a, a, a. He was a talk therapist. He was a talk therapist, but he started quite Freudian and evolved. And I watched him lose family friends, who are other therapists, other psychoanalysts, one at a time. <laughs> the, the the dinners would get smaller and smaller as he would be a heretic. Oh really? Yeah, as he gradually, gradually got into the more practical kind of psychotherapy that now is very common. Mm-hmm. And remember, back then, no antidepressants. Mm-hmm. So if you had somebody who was depressed or suicidal, I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. You try and talk them out of that. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, he, he mm-hmm. had an amazing, amazing track mm-hmm. record. And then you had, you had siblings? I don't... Mm-hmm. Sister? I have sister and brother. Yeah? And mm-hmm. What did they do? Um, my sister is, is a uh, teacher and... Um, what would you call her? An educator. Well, I know you have a sister because she's married to Sanchez. I was going to ask if you knew about that. Mr. Sanchez. She, mar- I, she was married or still is married was. to Mr. Sanchez. I'm was. happy to say was because okay. you, you know about Mr. Sanchez. You've been following. I don't, know much of, I don't know much about Mr. Sanchez because I only know she was married to Mr. Sanchez because he was one of the people on the uh, license for the radio station KJQ. He helped invest and helped us buy the station. Mm-hmm. And he had a kid named Quemlatoc. Quetzalcoatl very or something. Good. Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl. His yeah. name was Quatemic, but you're very close. Yeah. Okay. And and daughter's Ziamara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, uh, 
they were divorced many, many years ago. Um, Mr. Sanchez is uh, uh, quite known in the news media now, and anybody can look that up that would like to, but I will just say he is in the industry of um, helping children receive the best care they can while they're staying near the border on our side. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I don't think I need to say any more than that. You can you can read the Associated okay. Press. Okay, I'll look. I'll look or the New up. York Times. Or you can tell me off the microphone. No, I, I it's no it's no secret. It's okay. in the news. But yes, it is that Mr. Sanchez. All right. Okay. I'll I'll. Uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then your brother. What does your brother do? My brother's a photographer. Okay. So my my sister does education in um, like uh, sex ed and things like that, and she is setting up now a whole uh, system in the L.A. City School District for kids to be able to come to the nurse's office and really get some care, some mental health care, get the the sex things they need. If they need a condom, they don't need to give a, a whole story. You know, I'm just, yeah, we That's got it. Shocking. If, if one becomes pregnant, they can go over, you know, what happens now. And what, you mean she'll, what the she'll give them a key to the chastity belt? Exactly. <laughs> Is that what, that's, well, what that, that's the way it's been there for about 100 years. Oh. They're trying to do a little better than I that. I see. But, yeah, it's, it's an amazing program. It's brand new. It involves the health department and the mm. mental health department and for the kids um, in the L.A. City Schools. So she's very excited about mm-hmm. it. And, uh, and what and what I remember your home. We stayed in your home in uh, Beverly Hills. It was. Uh, Bever- uh, West, Westwood, West, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Westwood. Beverly Glen Boulevard. Yeah, lo- a, a lovely place with a mm-hmm. nice little pool in the back and there. Mm-hmm. And is that, do you still have the f- home in the family? Uh, no, we we sold that, and uh, my mom has lived in a smaller place mm. for um, many years that was more after my dad died. Mm. And um, he uh, he had wanted the all the big pool and all that. Mm. Uh, she liked living a little could Lower I have a level. smaller place, please? Yeah, yeah. It, it really was. Yeah. And uh, so uh, it's still in that part of town. She's in assisted living now. My mom's 95. Yeah. And, uh, that bodes well for you? Uh, it, it, I guess so. Uh, she is the landlord of that house. Oh. And it helps pay for the assisted living. Yeah. That's a, you know, so it's, so uh, you, she still owns the house. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the, great. the smaller house, yes. Oh, the smaller the house. The smaller house, yeah. So so anyway, you grow up in there and you have you have friends that were in show business. Uh mm-hmm. I know a lot of like uh, Bob Sherman and who was the other li- on the license. His dad was Alan Sherman and His dad was the my son to foe, the Camp Granada guy. Yeah. And uh, was a uh, game show producer as his right. p- as his son Bob, your friend Bob, and yeah. you had other show business friends too. You knew uh, uh, the the people who worked on Mash, and yeah, and yeah. you were you were a character on Mash even. Well, uh, my name was yeah. One of the if you Google me, you will see nothing about what I've done in life. You but if you Google Tom Greenley, you will see two things that I had very little to do with. One when I was twelve years old. I was on a record album that my friend's father did. Alan Sherman did. It's on the same album that Camp Granada is on. Hello, Mother. Yeah. Hello, it was a, It was a song called Headaches, making fun of aspirin commercials, mm-hmm. saying they give him headaches. And I had one line on there as a nasty kid where I was imitating a nasty kid in a headache commercial. Mm-hmm. And 
So on the album cover, it says Childish Remark by Tom Greenlee. Mm-hmm. And so that comes up on Google. Okay. The other thing was my friend um, Ken Levine was the producer of MASH. With David Isaacs. With David Isaacs. And they needed to clear through the legal department a character name. So they said, could they use my name? And so they used my name for a character played by Greg Malavy, who was this colonel who came in and slept with Hot Lips Houlihan. So I'm very proud of that. Colonel Tom Greenlee. Yeah. Colonel Tom Greenlee. That's nice. You you Google it. And they Google my name and Greg Malavy's photo comes up. do, do, Do I remember that they did that as a birthday present for you? Uh, I, or is that, or they I just think that's it? apocryphal, but yeah, it, it, it was it was very nice, and I did at uh, Ken's uh, wedding. I did get to uh, to meet uh, Mr. Malavy and all of the people from Mash, and mm-hmm. it was very nice. Yeah, that's, that's said, pretty This cool. is Colonel Tom Greenlee. And did you know those guys just because you went to school with them? And I went to college with Ken. He's a big radio freak. Oh, and we we started in radio together, mm-hmm. and then he was smart enough to get into TV writing. Mm-hmm. He was able to come up with stuff on command. I'm I'm good enough to have you know one a day, one one good one a, a day. A good idea. A day. Yeah, a good line, a good idea, a good smartass mm-hmm. remark a day. But he was more able to just bam, 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 and and figure out situations for sitcoms that would be compelling. And all What's that. he doing now? I think I just heard an interview with him somewhere. What is he doing now? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've stayed in touch with him, but I don't know exactly what he's doing. I know he works a lot of projects. He tried to get a Broadway play going. And uh, he got it as far as off Broadway for a while. But. Hmm. I have to. I. Hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I mm-hmm. think I just heard an interview with him. He might be doing one, for all I know. He probably. He is. might be your everybody, competition. Yeah, everybody is doing a podcast. It's ridiculous. So anyway, and then Bob Sherman, uh, who was has been your lifelong friend, and, yeah, we are. and and still is, I would assume. Absolutely. And uh, uh, Bob. Um, uh, was on the license of the radio station. He was, and uh, and we had the opportunity of going to uh, Hawaii with Bob and his That's right. his his girlfriend at mm-hmm. the time. I mm-hmm. don't know if they're still. They are very much together still. What, what, her name was Terry. Terry. That's mm-hmm. right, Terry. They are very much together. Good. That's good. I thought they were they were they <laughs> they were a funny couple. Yes, they were, and Bob, Bob or st- probably still are. Mm-hmm. And Bob had, was having a lot of health problems at the time. Mm-hmm. Is he still? Is he still having that problem? Or is he? He's is been he doing. He's been doing much. He had much a better. stroke or something. As no, I recall. he he'd had uh, some tumors inside his head, next to his brain, and they were on nerves that had to go away. So he mm-hmm. couldn't uh, see through one eye or hear through one ear, and that, right. that's still it. And he still gets some headaches and like mm-hmm. this, but he. Yeah, he's been much stronger, and he's been productive. He produced a lot of game shows after that, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, he bounced back really well. Yeah, he was produ- He was producing The Price is Right at the time, I think. Uh, was Match Game. Match Game, that's right. And Tattletales. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And he and uh, we went to his house when we were in L.A., and there were wool or uh, coyotes eating in the garbage can, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he had Emmys. Do you know you have a memory very much like a child where you remember very clearly distinct little details I, of things? Yeah. It just, sometimes miss the big picture, sometimes, but little things. Yeah, I have these little, and they kind of help bring the big picture back a lot of times. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just find these little 
details, and then it kind of brings things into focus. Because I've, I've heard you do that on the radio mm. forever and ever, is there'll be just some little sparkly yeah. detail of something that absolutely everybody had forgotten. Coyotes in the garbage. Yeah. You know? Because well, it, it was just so uh, remarkable to me. I went, what? A, those are dogs. And Bob yeah. said, no, those are coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> those are coyotes. Get out! <laughs> and, uh, uh, he does a very good impression of my, my friend and partner. Yeah, cause he, he's, because of the, uh, the, uh, uh, the tumors, he would slur his speech. Mm-hmm. And we were in Hawaii, and he kept singing, oh, hook you out. <laughs> He was just, a, he was so funny, and he didn't care. What I liked about the fact, he didn't care that he had this slurred speech. Right. And he would, like he was eating, I remember he'd eat ice cream, and it would dribble out the side <laughs> of his mouth because he was paralyzed a little bit. On that bit. side. And, and it would dribble, and he didn't give a shit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I like ice cream. Let's get some ice cream. That's right. <laughs> That's right. He didn't care. No. And, and and that's still absolutely true. Yeah, that's still absolutely I, true. I just admire that trait in a person because I I would be vain about that. I would be would uh, yeah. I'm 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 that way. I I think I would too. You know, I have I have certain physical limitations now that I'm very vain about and upset about, and I don't like. I try to c- conceal things about myself that, mm-hmm. that you know. And he he just doesn't care what he. And I that'll like that. be on your other podcast, will it? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. things that I'm vain about and, <laughs> and try don't to want hide. anybody to know. I sh- yeah, I should do that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so let's get back. Now we'll go to um, to radio and uh, the days of KJQ. And man, this is going to take a long time, isn't it? Uh, as long as you, as make long it as take. I want. Okay. I mean, yeah, we're we're forty about forty minutes in. Oh my gosh! Holy shit! And you haven't. I mean, I guess the time next, flies I'll when you're really it. boring people. Yeah. I'll need another sandwich. That's right. <laughs> All right, I'll call, I'll call Tony. Yeah. You have an hour. If you want to go a whole other hour, you can do that. No, we don't. No. So <laughs> let's let's talk about KJQ. God forbid. And, okay. Uh, so so anything I know about radio, I re- you really taught me the basics of all of it, and then anything else I've done since then, I I mean, I guess I. It's all been based on what you taught us, and Kerry That's would say nice. the same thing. Very nice of you to say. And that. he has said the same thing. Uh, we started there. The but he also said, I learned from that asshole, I think is the way he said it. <laughs> well, but it was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We also say, uh, you know, Tom was crazy. Yeah. You are, you are crazy. Yes. In a lot of respects. And I yes. think you would admit that you probably made some, I think you said to me on the phone when we when or in e- email, you said, I made some horrible decisions along the way. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, you if made. If there was a way in life to suck things back into the transmitter, do you know what I mean? Yeah. To, to suck things back into your mouth that you have said or done, um, I would be a much happier person today because I am one of those people who does replay them. And, and anyone who knows anything says, don't do that. <laughs> but I do replay them, and you can't do anything about them. I'm gonna, okay, I'll tell you what. I'm going to read you three phrases that came to mind. Okay. Uh, things that you said that we still repeat today. Uh-huh. And there are probably more. These okay. are Tom Greenleaf phrases. Okay. We say these all the time. You know what that is? That's small pumpkins. Right. Do you know where that came from? Yes. And I told the story on your show one time several years ago. Oh, did you? Yeah. When I, we d- And okay. I, I did a bad job of it, so this is my chance to do better. Okay. To boil it way down. Be, and, and you were absolutely right. What it means is... 
if you're going to do it, do it big time. And if you fail, you fail. Because if you do it small time, you are guaranteed to fail. And what it comes from is when I was doing television at UCLA and we were producing like a little noontime broadcast scene around the campus. And there was a woman named Susan Walker who has since gone on to become a very successful TV producer. But at that time, I would just say some of her instincts about TV and live TV were not fabulous. We were going to do, for Halloween, a pumpkin carving contest. Get some students, put them out there into good weather, and carve some pumpkins. And, you know, whoever had the cleverest one would win something. Very simple, right? Well, the production assistant comes up to Susan. She says, go get some pumpkins. How many do you need? I I don't know, six, I guess. Uh, Well, do you need big pumpkins or small pumpkins? She says, well, I I don't know. Small pumpkins will be fine. So, of course, when it came time to do the pumpkin carving contest on TV, it went right into the toilet. It was nothing because it wasn't messy. It wasn't fun. They didn't have enough room to carve anything. If you're going to get pumpkins, get, get big, big pum- pumpkins. Yeah. Now, now, you, now, I didn't really know that story. You, it came, as far as I knew, it came from the Ogden City Mall. And they had a, pu- a pumpkin patch, and they were doing the same thing. And you yep. went over there, and you looked around, and they just had a bunch of little pumpkins. And right. you said, "You said they that's stupid." Mm-hmm. They, they, they I, I learned it the hard way. Yeah, and that's Small where pumpkins I, suck. Yeah, and you were absolutely right. Uh, you also What's the other one? you also you always used to say, "We'd say, well, what are we going to do?" And you would always say, "Well, I'll tell you what we're not going to do." <laughs> I'll tell you what we're not going to do. That that sounds like a guy from a sitcom. Yeah, and we we um, we we say still say that to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, I w- Carrie wanted me to ask you if you remember you. Uh, and this is probably something you would take back, although you were right. <laughs> Going up to Snyder's meets with a sign <laughs> that said for sale. I do remember that. That was because the guy had just opened a store. He was running all these big newspaper ads. We sent our little tiny Japanese sales lady, Jenny Aoki, up there. Mm -hmm. And she very humbly said, could I meet with you? And could we talk to you about another way you might bring in some customers? We were thinking of doing like a recipe ad or something, you know, make Mm -hmm. them hungry on the radio. And the guy said, he he just shut her down. I I don't want you. I don't want your radio station. I, I put it in the newspaper. That's where I do it. Um, I run a coupon, people bring in the coupon, that's it, goodbye. And so it I enraged asked, you. I it, it made me so angry that I made up a sign that said going out of business. Going out of business. And we went up there and said, You're gonna need this. Now, they were very successful for quite a long time. They were. I mean we were totally wrong about that. Uh, eventually uh, they did go out of business, but they had many, many happy years. Yes, there. they did. But they they would have been ads. Hmm? Did they ever Never. buy the no. ads? No, not no, from no. anybody, not from no. our competitors, not no. from anybody. They didn't. 100% newspaper, which I think did them absolutely no good. No, they I don't were, think it did they either. They were just a great store. They were And people good. knew. They were a good store. Great and, store. And, and it got around that they yeah. were a good store. The way a but. store would if they had no advertising, yeah. but is really good. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, that that is true. Yeah. May I discuss some of the aphorisms I've learned in the years since, things sure. that I have come up with? Yeah. Because this is something I was really hoping to put into podcast, is a few things that I have learned just by watching people. Mm-hmm. And I want to preface this by saying, after that radio station time, 
over the years, I have become quite a different person than the one you knew. Really? I mean, I am the kind of guy that will still give hell to the poor lady at the phone company, you know, in the call center. If, if oh, they piss really? Me off. Yeah, I, I am. See, I stopped doing that. You're wise, because it never results in no, anything good. and it's not her fault. Exactly. She's just, she hates them too. I start doing it, and then I go, I, and I stop, and I say, look, I, I'm sorry, I know this isn't you. Let me talk to somebody else. So. Yeah. Somebody else Well, it's, it's the somebody to. else I give shit to. Not the, not the yeah. first line. I say, let me talk to management, and then they put on another guy from the call center who's sitting next to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure they do. And, and then it, it yeah. Okay. It, it pisses anyway. me off, and I am one of those people. Mm-hmm. But on an individual level and on a more of a big-picture level, no. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the very outrageous me, I think, uh, is not the me of today. And so I've spent more time just being a little bit observant, okay? And uh, one of the things that I have learned is, uh, and this is for advertising and media and marketing, a person who is not paying attention is the same thing as an idiot. Oh, yeah. Albert Einstein, if he's not paying attention, is not going to get the idea unless you boil it down into like three very salient words. If, you, if he's not paying attention and you say, your office is on fire, he'll get it. <laughs> okay? But if it's anything more complicated than that, you'll have to tell him all over again. Yeah. Okay? So getting someone's attention is really important. A corollary of that, there's absolutely no such thing as multitasking. No, I agree. Other than walking and chewing gum. Mm-hmm. I am able to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Are you able to do that? No, I'm not. not you, I'm not very good at that. You, you kind of wander on the sidewalk a little if you... Yeah. I'll find myself just... I'll be chewing gum, but I won't be walking. I can't oh, oh that's out. it. You stop. Yeah, okay. I just well, stop walking. Yeah. That's the only multitasking I know. That, that physically I agree. Works. I agree 100%. I, uh, uh, I don't know if Dylan, I think Dylan can confirm this. Whenever I'm asked to give a, a speech or, a, you know, go to a school or something and talk to people or somebody say, what's the best piece of advice that you can give me? Or I, they, I'm asked to give advice to students or something. I say the very, is it important to go to college if you want to be in radio? No, not really. What's the most important piece of advice? Pay attention. Yes. Pay Am attention. I allowed on the podcast to say pay a fucking attention? Sure. Yeah. Just pay attention to what's going on around you. What it's it's important to know what's going on in the world. And I, I really think that was a thing I I didn't do well in my early days. Is I, I would form an opinion based on what I knew and stick to it. And a lot of times those were wrong. And that's a thing I've really tried to change about myself. Is is to be more observant that. Even if it was right at the time, it might not be wrong right now, okay? Um, mm-hmm. uh, another one uh, of my aphorisms is the biggest fireworks are right at the end of the show. you have any idea what that means? Be Some, patient. Something that's failing is when they're going to shoot their wad, okay? The reason that you have the most militant rallies and the people just about ready to carry torches and the angriest people in the world fighting on behalf of the president is because they know that that whole generation oh, gets see. a year older every year and is not being replaced. Uh, yeah. I, uh, They're yeah. much louder than they would have ever been. You never would have had a tea party if they didn't feel threatened 
that they were outnumbered and will be every year for the rest of time. Yeah, I, uh, 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 that's, that's kind of akin to what I've said about uh, the, uh, the election of Donald Trump. I, I've said it's because people are so frightened. That's why it happened. People, they see things sailing out of control. And, and you know, I was very, uh, I felt very positive through the Obama years i was thinking what well, finally we're, we're on a roll of, we're kind of on our way to a more a little bit more enlightened mm-hmm. time we're mm-hmm. kind of moving forward a little bit get and, a little complacent did I, we well no i just i just felt a little hopeful that we're kind of moving and you know things are getting and then boom and i thought well there's somebody out there are a bunch of other people out there who are saying hold on a minute hang on this is too much and the too much people, we always thought, well, they're they're just a small group, and they, and mathematically they were, they are, but yeah. they were gaming the system. The reason they're willing to break federal laws, the reason they're willing mm-hmm. to commit treasonable offenses, is because they got nothing to lose. It it is changing. You were right about things are changing in mm-hmm. the country, and yet the people who are holding on for dear life and feel so threatened, yeah. they will be the loudest. You know, you cannot start a radio talk show with, you know, progressive people. No one's going to listen to that. Mm -hmm. It's got to be somebody who feels outnumbered and enraged and threatened and is going to just let them have it, damn it. It's about time somebody spoke the truth, you know. Yeah. Well, why does he think people aren't speaking the truth now? Why does he think it's fake news? It's Mm because it's what he doesn't want to hear. And he knows that that's moving that way. Um, Which brings me to... The, the Obama thing ending up losing elections. And remember, it wasn't just Trump. In the Congress, they lost two mm-hmm. in, in 2016, is another of my aphorisms, which I'm still working on, because <laughs> when I say it to people, they don't understand it. Okay. If it's true, if, if it's usually true, if present trends continue, dot, 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 how come lemmings aren't extinct? If present trends really do continue, how can there be any lemmings left in the world? Wouldn't they all have gone over the cliff? Well, because 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 lemmings, they don't all go over the cliff. Just ah, some of them go over the cliff. So a trend goes a certain amount, and then it stops being such an extreme trend, yeah. and there's a few left to start things over they're, they're, in a different direction. Sure, there are some lemmings who go, now hang on a minute. Exactly, exactly my point. Mm-hmm. That any sentence that begins with, if present trends continue, will probably be wrong. Mm-hmm. They may continue for a while. Yeah, they never com- go forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can't. Well, well and so that, that's a little bit, I mean, a little in contrary to the one talking about before, right? So, you know, right now, you know, we're seeing a trend in, progressivism in the world and mm-hmm. humanity in general mm-hmm. but that won't continue forever no there will be a time where there'll be I the mean, establishment we'll all be dead probably yeah. Yeah. but where the progressive the dark you know dark ages there have been many dark ages mm-hmm. in the time of you know in the history of humanity i feel i might be living through one right now but i'm not sure i mean but hopefully yes. though as you We're too close as you to become progressive right mm-hmm. as you become progressive it it gets progressive enough that if it 
if it swings back a bit, it doesn't swing back all the way. You right. know, it, two it steps just comes forward, back. one step back. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's definitely two steps forward, one step back. But we can be very complacent by believing present trends will always continue. We can also become very paranoid, you know, such as, as the weather and the warming and all that. I mean, there clearly is warming. There clearly is something wrong. I really think there still will be a Manhattan a hundred years from now, somehow, especially because, remember who settled that place first? The Dutch. There you go. <laughs> what do you mean, there you go? What does that mean? <laughs> Even old New York was once... New Amsterdam. Where are the dikes? Thank you. What? They built... <sighs> Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. I... Where are the dikes? They have, they have lived in cities oh, that I have see. flooded before. I see what you mean. Somehow they know how to do this. Well, yeah, but They're the Dutch very got, good at it. But the Dutch got out of there. That's true, before it flooded. They left. Yeah. You know, they said, no, 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 we don't want to. No, no, you're right. Yeah, no, we don't, we don't want to. Let's leave. Let's get out of here. That's right. I, well, why did the Dutch leave? They didn't really leave. They were bought out. Yeah, but they didn't really leave, did they? Or no. Did they, they didn't pack up and leave. They no, stayed. They, they still got they Bedford Stuyvesant yeah, District, don't yeah, they? Yeah. There you go. They, they're, they're still around. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I'm working, Dutch- with, uh, I'm working with a woman building our uh, new website for our company that uh, is, is in uh, Istanbul. And I'm just waiting. Not Constantinople. That's, I'm just waiting Not to Constant- type that in by accident and go, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or ask her, now that we've worked together on this web project for, you know, two or three months, can I just ask you a question? Why'd they change it? <laughs> yeah. Do you think she knows? I bet she does. Uh, what, uh, it's nobody's business but the Turks, but she's a Turk. Yeah, so she would know then. She, she would know. So what is, what is your business? Oh, I'm an electronics broker, uh, have been for many, many years. Um, we buy and sell computer chips to people who need them desperately, and we um, also supply a lot of the projector lamps to schools and universities and stuff like that. We can do it for less money than uh, than the big companies that installed the thing can. And you, and you can just do that from home? We do it from home, but that's of course that's a deep, dark secret. You know, we changed the name of our street from Drive to Boulevard. So oh, little, did you really? really seriously, yeah. Uh, on the on the on and the it says head. and it says main floor. There is only one floor. You know, you still live in the same place on uh, Navajo. Yeah. I, sh- I shouldn't say that on the, on the air, but yeah, yeah. Nobody will hear it. Uh, uh, nobody okay. listens to this. Oh, okay. No. Well, then I feel better. You got a handful of people who are going to listen to it. So oh, okay. Yeah, well, I, anyway, yeah. but yeah, the same old, same house, same street, and mm-hmm. and all that for uh, eighteen years. Yeah. But you should not feel you should not feel uh, terribly bad about the whole situation. Much of that was out of your control in uh, w- w- the end of KJQ. Oh, you that made, was hard. You made brilliant decisions and bad decisions, but you made some really brilliant decisions. You were the one who recognized uh, that uh, that Mike Summers and Richard Reese uh, should. So they came along and said, uh, "We've been kicked from pillar to post." Uh, with this modern music, as they'd it was called. They'd been kicked off so many radio stations. Yeah. It was just horrible. Yeah. And, and everyone they'd been on, people had been listening. Yeah. And, 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 yet, and yet, the owners of those other signals said, well, we don't, we don't want this here. For, and you said, well, we'll Part sell- of that was because they were buying, I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, statute of limitations. I yeah, can say sure it. Sure you can. Uh, they had been buying a lot of that airtime, paying to be on in the evenings on stations. Right. And their checks were bouncing. Okay, that's part of the reason, at least in one of the cases, why 
they were told you sure. can't be on our station. And they, they came to us and said, can we be on your station? And I said, mm, cash in advance. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes. And we put them on in the evening. Um, we had just gotten a signal into Salt Lake City at that time. And so we were doing our Ogden shtick, doing nice Ogden top 40 radio like KJQ had always been. And now we had a signal into Salt Lake. It was a weak signal, Mm -hmm. but you could hear it in the downtown area and all pretty well. And we thought, boy, those ratings are just going to shoot up. We're on in Salt Lake City now. Well, do you know that Logan station you can hear in Salt Lake? Mm -hmm. We had ratings about like that. People go, that's the Logan station, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And people were going, oh, that's the Ogden station, and we have Salt Lake stations down here. We don't care. So it was not working at all. Um, The uh, morning show, Carrie and Bill, was not called Radio from Hell. No. What was it? It was the Fun Pigs. The Fun Pigs. Now, you can see in Salt Lake... Maybe not. No. In Ogden, that's funny. They liked it fine. They, they have pigs in Salt Lake yeah. in Ogden. That's yeah. funny in Ogden. They liked it fine. Okay. They liked it fine. So uh, things were not going well. Uh, we were taking the money from the modern music people at night because we had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. So this was not a great deep corporate decision. Mm-hmm. The ratings came in. And at night, we were getting huge ratings because people in Salt Lake were turning up their radios to this weak little signal and listening. There you go. So, again, I don't understand why, even though their checks were bouncing on the other stations, why the other stations didn't say, well, the ratings are good. Yeah. And your checks are bouncing. But, you know, we could make money with this, so. That's all we did. Idiots. We said, let's do it full time. Yeah, do it full time. But they wanted to throw me and Carrie out. Oh, yeah. But you said. Because you were top 40 guys. You were the fun pigs. Yeah. But you said, no. Mm -hmm. They had to keep. Part of that was personal loyalty, but a lot of it was listening to the radio and saying the thing that they do is already not that top 40-ish. It's already a little more grown up. It's a little more... The thing that Carrie and I were doing. Yeah, it's a little more sophisticated. It could work on some kind of an alternative format. And they just wanted to put one single guy in there. Mm -hmm. And I knew that's not right. That sounds like the rest of the day. They wanted it music intensive. I said, no, no, these guys are yapping. This is, this is a good thing. And so um, over the objections of everybody, I said, we're going to just try it. Mm-hmm. And the audience hated us, <laughs> Carrie and Bill. At first. Yeah. Uh, for They were very loyal to all their modern music uh, DJs yeah. playing the alternative music. But they didn't hate us for too long, I don't think. It Mm-mm. seems to me... Mm-mm. Maybe a month, maybe not that long. Mm-hmm. It seems to me it went by pretty quick. They needed to know your hearts were in the right place. Yeah. You said one thing in a print interview that I think you also said on the air that meant a lot. I don't remember. This is the music Carrie and I listened to at home. We just weren't allowed to play it on the air. Oh. Yeah, I probably did say that. I mean, I guess I did. I think that had a huge yeah. impact. Because I was listening to a lot of that. When I found it, before it came to mm-hmm. to our station, when I had found it somewhere else, I started listening to it. Because it was not really of my generation. No. You know. But, but I, I found it in L.A. Yeah. on K-Rock. And I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, and I started listening to it some at some point a couple of years before going, oh, I really like this stuff. What is this? You know, and I was listening to it at... Uh, when they were on KRP, I guess, or mm-hmm. something That's like where that. where they were. Yeah. 
and it, I really enjoyed it. It was nice stuff. I went, oh, I like. Oh, and I'd been seeing it on TV too, of course. I'd Talking mm-hmm. Heads on the Night Flight, and right, yeah, that. And so I really liked that stuff. And, there was a real phenomenon. Yeah, I always wondered about one thing. Maybe you can help me with this. At that time, it was called alternative because it was kind of an alternative to the metal music and the mm-hmm. psychedelic and, you know, what was supposed to be really cool but really had run its course. Yeah. By the late 80s, you know, that, that metal, you know, Aerosmith was done, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think it's an alternative to now? It's not. It's, it's become... It's become you know, and that's been for several years. I mean, Mike Summers was right when he declared the death of alternative, and we had a big funeral for it, and 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 went out to the dump and mm-hmm. buried it. He mm-hmm. was right. It became mainstream, and it is mainstream. And again, we're no different. I don't know why we still call it alternative. We try to set ourselves apart in certain ways, but maybe it's an alternative from top forty now. It is, and and uh, and we also try to set ourselves as being alternative to uh, corporate radio as opposed to ah. we're more we're more local than mm-hmm. than corporate radio so right. we try to do that and that's mainly because iHeartRadio doesn't have the money to buy any stations now yeah or i'm sure they would just scoop you up they they tried at one point mm-hmm. i wouldn't be unhappy if their, they tried again <laughs> their check would bounce now yeah, so i'd be really careful well w- we turned them down the last time and we were right to turn them down the last time because shortly thereafter they're they went under. Yeah, so. they went chapter 11. Yeah. So, so. I'd, I'd be very careful. You know, any check on it that says trustee in bankruptcy, you probably don't want to no, take that no, check. No. And so so anyway, that was a great decision you made. That to was do a that. good one. And, uh, and you didn't know that it was a bad decision to uh, be in bed with uh, a guy from El Paso, Texas. Yeah, he was, uh, our, he was our, one of our partners, partner. silent a, partner. And uh, uh, very quickly, the, the way we ended up my family and I ended up not getting paid when the station was sold was that we had sold it to someone else who was going to keep the format going and, you know, really Mm -hmm. believed in it. And in our contract that each of our partners had with each other, Mr. Sanchez had with me, Mr. Sherman had with me, there was a little clause called a right of first refusal. Any of the partners could meet or beat an offer from an outside person. The mistake we made, and boy, this was a bad call, was we sold the station on terms where the guy would make a monthly payment each month rather than give us cash. The station was doing well. We thought that would work great. Right out of the cash register, he could pay us every month, and he would have. So our partner from El Paso, who didn't have a dime to his pocket, said, well, I'll, I'll buy the station from you, Tommy. I'll, I'll meet his offer. What? You don't have any money to make the payments every month. Well, that's all right. We'll just handle it. Don't, don't you worry about a thing. We ran a credit check on him, and it said there are no numbers quite that low <laughs> that we can print out. And uh, so he took the money from the radio station, basically used it to pay off his old bills, didn't invest it back into the station. There are stories in the alternative press about cockroaches climbing mm-hmm. around through the studios and all that. And that was it. We never got paid. Uh, you guys started to have trouble getting paid. I paid the phone bill for the radio station for the first three months because he wasn't paying it. Um, yeah. yeah. It was bad. So we never got anything. Yeah. So that was that was a very sad thing for us. And, and we learned from it, you know, for future. I became overly conservative. Can you imagine me as a non-flamboyant investor, but 
ever since then. Mm. It's been rental houses, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. T-bills, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Businesses that I run out of my house with no employees yeah. at all. Yeah. And it's it's worked fine. Yeah. Well, but it's probably I, wise, but... It might be wise, but uh, the, whatever the opposite of adventurous is, that's what I became. Well... Um, and then it, and then it just, uh, yeah, but he got his, I mean, he, he got his comeuppance. I think I understand he did not end well. Uh, I, I heard that too. Maybe off the air, you can share what you heard with me, but, yeah. uh, so, so, and then, and then, uh, uh, X 96, uh, happened after, shortly thereafter. And, mm-hmm. and KJQ was in a lot of trouble and they were changing formats and messing around. It was a natural that the guys from KJQ would get together mm-hmm. and build their own radio station. How could they not? Mm-hmm. And there it went. Yeah. And here it is. But you know what's so cool? Hmm. That those same ideas and those same people are doing it 30 years later. Yeah. And and some of them are doing a similar thing on other frequencies now, too. Mm-hmm. So on it goes, and I still run into some of them. Some of them don't like me very much. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've been I've been fairly successful yeah. in my I would say so thirty nine years I would I would say so if you can find another uh, morning team that is uh, competitive with a main you know not aging audience but a real audience mm-hmm. after thirty years I can't think who it is so uh, mm-hmm. yeah it's unique in the whole country yeah it's too bad that they don't like me because I don't have anything against them but mm-hmm. they you know. Well, I, I think I think you should consider it flattering. Well, I don't. It just makes me feel sad. I'm if sorry. you uh, if you go through life with no enemies, you ain't crap. You know. What <laughs> I, I mean? guess. <laughs> I guess if you don't have some enemies, then you're not doing it right. Exactly. Yeah. You need you need to have some people, and I think a lot of that stuff too is what you say. It is it is envy, even if they don't recognize it as mm-hmm. such. Well, Tom, uh, you, you, uh, I owe a lot of whatever I am to uh, you and whatever I am in radio to you. So thank you for that, certainly. It, and, uh, uh, it was my pleasure. You did an awful lot for our radio station when we had it. I worked my ass off, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I left for a year because I couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. But I came back. He did. I needed to come back. He did. I, he did come back. Because I couldn't stand it. I, couldn't yeah. st- I left thinking, I can't work like this anymore. It was hard. You and you got really, you got really mad at me one time. I don't know if you'll remember this, but the phrase sticks in my mind. You got so mad at me, and you were jumping up and down. And I said, "Tom, I'm just gonna. If you don't like what I'm doing, I'm going to. I, I, I'm just gonna have to quit." And you said, "No, you can't quit, and I won't fire you." And that was I, you. Yeah, that was him. I don't remember that. Oh, my God. You can't quit, and I won't fire you. And I went. But you didn't have a contract. No, and I I sat down, and I went. Wait a minute. Well, well, this is the definition of hell, then. (laughs) But what what does it mean? And I didn't quit, and you didn't fire me. (laughs) I mean, I just If you're not under contract, what do you mean you can't quit? I I just went, well. (laughs) I mean, I just stopped. I stopped being angry, and I just sat down and went, "What the hell did well, that mean?" <laughs> and then you stormed out of the room, and I just sat there going, "Well, okay, then I guess I'm here." <laughs> I, 
You can't quit. No, I, I don't remember that, but that is a wonderful radio story. Yeah. And I want to apologize to you for that right now. And I want you to know, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, yeah, you can quit. <laughs> okay. I quit. <laughs> That's right. Okay. You can't quit, that's right. and I won't fire you. That's right, and we and we can't call our lawyers because we can't afford any. No, so there you go. All right. Anyway, a pleasure to to see you. It's wonderful to talk to you, and uh, thanks for reaching out to, to to tell me that I'd been in radio for forty years, even though you it, were it was wrong. only thirty nine. Only been thirty nine. Yeah. All right. When it's when it's forty, call me back. Okay. All right. That's it. That's uh, the Let's Go Eat show. Thanks to uh, Tony Caputo for. Uh, providing sandwiches and uh, thanks Dylan for producing the show here mm-hmm. at Podspace. And the prosciutto is excellent. Yes it is for the yeah just get sandwich go to go buy cold cuts if you want and just yeah. make your own sandwiches but Tony does go. a hell of a job at Caputo's Market and Deli on the corner of 3rd South and Broadway 3rd South 3rd East and uh, and also our friends at Sugar House Distillery. Yeah uh, they make all kinds of wonderful booze, distilled products there at Sugar House Distillery, one of the fine sponsors of our podcast. <laughs> all right, that's it. The Let's Go Eat Show. I'm Bill Allred. And remember, if you're pouring the drinks, always make mine a double. <laughs>